Welcome to the podcast, all you music ed peeps. How's everyone doing out there? We're all deep into that January, February, March corridor that I referenced a few episodes ago. You know, the one where most people don't have any big breaks in the teaching schedule. The one that is between winter break and spring break. Of course, as I said earlier, I find this is when a ton of teaching can get done, which is mostly fantastic. And yet, of course, at the same time, it's exhausting. I hope for you that you are experiencing way more of the fantastic and not so much of the exhausting. I'm going to guess another byproduct of this time for some people is vocal fatigue or even worse, pain. Please let me keep it real by scolding you in the most hypocritical way possible since I myself am riddled with voice issues. Please always remember to take care of your vocal mechanism. Yeah, I'm talking to you over there in your car listening, and and you over there folding your laundry, being so responsible. Or how about you, jogging and exercising? Well, let me remind you to drink lots of water. This is crucial, and you have to be doing it all the time, not just in the morning before you teach, because that really doesn't do much for you during the teaching day. And whenever you can, rest your voice completely. No whispering, no humming, nothing. And you know what I'm going to say last. Even if your voice feels fine, go to an ENT and get scoped. Okay, enough lecturing for now. Recently, I had the honor of presenting a few sessions to the wonderful and enthusiastic teachers of Ohio at OMEA in Cincinnati. While there, I was able to spend some time with famed dual-endorsed teacher trainer and my very good friend, Lindsay Jackson, who lives nearby in Louisville, Kentucky. And, as a side note, in my continual quest to understand American geography, I got schooled on the fact that where we were in Cincinnati was only about 10 minutes away by what seemed like magic to me from Kentucky. But anyway... As I'm trying to do with different teacher trainers, Lindsay and I sat down and chatted about Dr. Feyerabend's first steps in music and what she loves about it, as well as some of her tips on how she uses it with young children. Let's dive in and start listening. So welcome to the podcast. Today, I am in, wait a second, first of all, I'm in Kentucky, but about an hour and a half ago, I was in Ohio. So I want to give... A big shout out to my new friends in Ohio. I was just at the OMEA uh, PD convention presenting and guess who I ran into? My excellent friend and famed teacher trainer, Lindsay Jackson. Say hello, Lindsay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and we decided to record a podcast as you do. So we're sitting here near the beautiful Cincinnati airport, which somehow... <laughs> Though called the Cincinnati Cincinnati Airport is in Kentucky, which if you know me, you know I don't know geography very well. So we're here and I wanted to talk to you, Lindsay, today about first steps in music. Um, Now, some of our listeners, and I hope more and more over time, will know that you are featured on the newest uh, First Steps in Action DVD. So you and Andy Heimlich. Um, you are teaching a class of kindergartners, mm-hmm. 
and Andy is teaching a class of first graders. So a lot of times, many of us associate first steps with you. Uh, you also, you know, are a teacher trainer endorsed in conversational solfege. Uh, but because you're kind of in my heart, you know, associated with first steps, I'm excited to have you as part of the series that we're doing with different teacher trainers, um, just to ask about first steps and the things you love. And I, one thing I really appreciate about all the different teachers, but the teacher trainers in particular is we all, you know, we honestly bring different things to the table. I often talk about you when I'm saying how I'm kind of anal retentive and neurotic <laughs> about like reading the manual. It doesn't say this in the manual. And you're like, I never even read the manual. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you do that? And I, I do think sometimes, and this is a compliment, I have to get my inner Lindsay. I just have to be okay. Like, it's okay if I don't know the exact thing I'm supposed to do. Maybe it'll just come to me, you know. And uh, so I appreciate that about you. So I'm looking forward to asking you these questions, which are just kind of basic questions about first steps. Don't look so scared. <laughs> I would I'm, make I'm, gentle. Still, I'm still amazed that you you just think I'm so easygoing all the time. I mean, I, that's, I that's mean, a wonderful compliment. Right. I, I, <laughs> well, maybe it's just better to say more easygoing than I am, okay. which is really, to be honest, a very low bar. So. <laughs> But yeah, you. I remember in our training because we did our we CS did our training, training together. together, which was wonderful. Yeah. You know, you would, you know, I'd be like, it doesn't say this in the manual. Why is why does it? And you're like, oh, I never even looked at that part of the book. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't. Yes. I'm like memorizing it and writing a thousand notes. So but funny. it's interesting that everybody has a truly unique process. Yeah. You know, and mine is lots of study and lots of writing until yeah. it begins to really take hold in my mind. I think I'm just much more experiential. Yeah, yeah. So today I want to talk, I want to start the, the talk off by just asking you um, about John's very famous 30-year plan. Um, and somebody asked about this on Facebook the other day, which I thought was great. They said something to the effect of like, I want to put something in a pamphlet, just something real, you know, short, and how would you say it? So it's along those lines. You know, it doesn't have to be short, but what does the 30-year plan mean to you? And when you consider your students, what does that look like? Uh, well, I've seen John teach these certification courses. I don't even know how many times. And he always <laughs> says, we do what we do so that 30-year-olds everywhere will be tuneful, beatful, and artful. And so to me, that means that that 30-year-old is comfortable singing happy birthday to their family and singing at their place of worship and participating in music actively in their life. They're not just turning on the radio, they're actually singing and making music and they're connecting to their community through music and they're able to feel comfortable moving their body and dancing and how wonderful it is it is it to move your body and express yourself that way. Mm -hmm. um, and connecting to their children through music as well. Um, and I think the, the art part, they're going to seek out musical experiences, not just because they sound nice, but because it's touching their soul in a way. And I've actually approached parents at my school who have said, oh, tell me about your curriculum. And I say, I hope that when you're a grandparent, that your child is going to be singing lullabies to their, to their child. Oh, and, beautiful. you know, and I hope that in the next couple of years, you're going to see your child teaching what they're learning in music to their younger siblings and that music oh, that's the best and that your kids will be singing around the house and 
dancing when their favorite song comes on the radio and that they're going to hear a song and feel the emotion behind it. And so mm-hmm. it'll just, it, it'll help them be more in touch with their, their emotions right. and just help them feel more human and, and help them be more musical throughout, throughout their lives. Yeah. I, I, that's perfectly stated. And I think that leads to the next question, which I'm asking all the teacher trainers, which is kind of thinking about that, that kind of holistic, I just want you to be musical for life. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody came to you and if this happened to me on the elevator today, oh, what do you do? I'm a music teacher. What are you here for? And they said to you, oh, so, you know, you teach, what is this, first steps? Like, what is it? Yeah. How would you kind of connect those two ideas? Because it's first steps, theoretically, is going to help you get to the 30-year plan. So how would you briefly explain to somebody, um, whether they were a teacher, however you want to say it, what is first steps? If you just have to like suck them in and say, go find out more about it, what would you do to draw them in? It's interesting because it depends on who asks. Right, you know? right, so right. So if it's if it's yeah, your if it's your average Joe on the street, absolutely. Um, like I'll use those tuneful, beautiful, artful words, right. and I'll say we do a lot of vocal development and we do a lot of singing and a lot of play, and it's mm-hmm. incredibly active. So mm-hmm. we're not sitting down doing worksheets where they're drawing quarter notes. Right, you know, we're mm-hmm. we're actively music making, and we're. Um, keeping the beat on our bodies and on instruments and we're doing lots of dancing and movement and we're just really experiencing music, developing our own music skills and making it really fun. Um, and if, if someone's a little bit more into the musical terminology sure, than, or a teacher or a even. teacher, then, then I'll say we're really developing independence in our students to, so we're do we do we're doing vocal development with them so that they are comfortable using their voices and singing tunefully in all different ways and also just developing independence with learning these songs that they can then share with other people, um, share with their siblings, share with their classmates. If they want to go out on the playground at recess and play singing games, I want them Best. to feel comfortable doing that and right. just bringing music into their lives. Um, and if you had a, let's say you have a music teacher who's like, well, you know, that's what I'm kind of doing. What's why is first steps, why should I look at first steps? What do you think? Is, what is the, What are the things you really love about first steps? I love that first steps is not a literacy cur- curriculum. Because yeah. I think that especially for young children, we're really developing skills first and foremost. So we're developing their voices, developing their beat skills, developing the artistry as musicians. And I think a lot of teachers... Um, especially with early childhood, they're preparing them for literacy mm-hmm. by saying like, oh, is this fast or short, fast or slow, right. long or short, those right. like a lot of those very critical thinking skills, which it's important for children to know that um, at the right time, at the right time. But first and foremost, I want them making music. So we're yeah. singing, we're moving, we're playing. And what I love about the First Steps repertoire is um, a lot of the songs are more complicated than they may receive in in another curriculum that's just preparing them for literacy where it's a lot of like you know quarter eighth note duple like very simple rhythms and very mm-hmm. simple melodies a lot of it is just like that minor third bum, 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 whatever um which again is is helps children develop tuneful singing but isn't necessarily doing the aural training because right, right. i know the first steps really develops the neurofiber in yeah. order to increase their musical intelligence so yeah increasing their intellect in music but in a really fun engaging musical way yeah and I and I think what you're saying is exactly it's developmentally appropriate 
Right. And it's capitalizing, um, like you said, on the time to build neurofiber, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, just this morning, I always say, I'm going to offend somebody, but I think many people start literacy much too soon. Mm-hmm. And if you know, you push me and say, well, is it harmful? Absolutely not. Unless you kind of consider that you're wasting time, mm-hmm. time that could be spent doing all those things you just described. So that's what's most important when they're young. And then as they get older, we, as we said, at the right time, now we begin to label all these things that you've been experiencing, mm-hmm. you know? And so I agree with you. That is a beautiful uh, part of first steps. Uh, now, somebody just wrote to me about this. And so I think it's a good time to ask you about it. Uh, I know what I would say, and I'm curious to see what you would say is about time management. Mm. So, you know, it's one thing to tell people, oh, it's an eight part workout and you go through each of the eight parts. And I know uh, what it's like to be um, under the gun time wise. Mm. So if people don't have a 45 minute class, you know, and I'm not talking about what you teach necessarily, but in your mind, when people say this, What's your response to them? You know, how can you help a person who's like, I want to do the eight parts, but I only get 30 minutes a week. Do you have any kind of tips for that or how you've approached or seen others? Well, when I was in grad school at the heart school, um, I got to watch Lily Fire Robin teach. And I really... I heard she's pretty good. She's pretty I learned a lot from her, but I really witnessed her maximizing every single minute so mm. you know in, instead of um, having the kids walk into the room and what she greeted them at the door with music already playing exactly. and they walked in doing beat let's mm. tap the let's tap the beat on our bodies while we walk in so she's using these transition opportunities to engage in the eight the eight part workout so mm. um, I would often do beat motions first because it's a really easy way to just get them at the door and bring them in and it's a way to incorporate different styles of music throughout the year right. um, I try to make my transitions be really clear and direct and short so yeah, I mean some people do a lot of beautiful storytelling where yeah, it's I always like, like how oh, do you have time to do that going from John right. the rabbit to something yeah. it's like oh John had a friend that was a cow and <laughs> right, right, it, right. you know and I think that's amazing if you can do it and that's beautiful but and it that takes a lot of time mm-hmm. sometimes so I I sure. personally don't tend to do very much of that it's like okay make a circle right that's, now do this now do this. <laughs> three words <laughs> right. and now we're ready for our next thing yep. or you know let's say let's say we're in a scattered position around the room because we've just been doing some movement exploration um, I might say to them listen to my song while you come to sit in the circle and I might be humming the next thing that they're yeah. about to do. Raise your hand Fantastic. if you recognize the song. And right. so it's a really easy way to engage their listening and get them ready for the next thing while they're transitioning. Mm-hmm. So I try to um, maximize my time that way. Okay. Um, and then I think another way is just it's really easy if you're playing a singing game that to give every kid a turn, but that takes forever. So, you know, I can't give 26 turns in this game because it's going to take forever. So say like, we have time for six turns today. The end. The end, you know, (laughs) and 
we might play the game again the next class. We might do it three classes in a row right. because we're only going to play it for five minutes and right. then six more people are going to get a turn. Yeah. And so I prep them in September that not everyone's going to get a turn and that can feel mm-hmm. disappointing. But <laughs> sure. Um, so if you're doing something, if, if I know I really need to assess Arioso today, for example, and I know that it's going to take a while to go through that, that then I might not do all eight steps in that particular class, but I'm making the choice. I really need to do an assessment with this. Um, Or if you're doing a fragment song and it's the time when you're going and each kid individually is going to sing a solo and you know, it's going to take you a while to go around the entire circle, then, then maybe I leave something out that class. But typically if I, um, maximize my time well and I clean up my transitions and I limit how many turns we're doing something I can get I can get through all of the eight steps especially vocal exploration 90 seconds yeah you know? maybe if right? you're going through a fragment song once I mean it's super short so I think it's really the um form and expression that can take a while if you're giving a whole bunch of turns or sure. or arioso can take longer if right. more kids are individually going or those times when you want um, children individually to go by themselves, which is important. Right. But again, for a simple song, um, let's say I want kids to sing it alone. You know, maybe we'll take six turns today and I'll, I'll write down mm-hmm. who had a turn and then the next oh, class. Oh, for solos. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I, I want to be assessing sure. them. So then the next class, oh, we six more brave volunteers right, this week. Right, who right. wants a turn? So because I, I don't always have time to do yeah, that. Yeah, and that's just the reality yeah. of what we're dealing with in a classroom, I think what you said is perfect mm-hmm. because I think some teachers need to hear that kind of, sometimes I don't get to all eight parts. Yeah. And what we do is we lean into the goal of trying to get to all eight parts. And when we miss one, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And, uh, but we don't want to continuously miss, you know, yeah. whatever it is. So, you know, use your brain don't always skip the song tail or don't right. always. And then I have a thing where it's, I kind of like, here are the things I always do, this kind of group of steps. And then here are the ones that I rotate mm-hmm. in and out um, because it's two times 25 minutes. It's, yeah. it's brutal. So I had 30 minutes with my kindergarten and once a week, one, uh, well, I had them t- I had rotate. twice in a six day rotation, okay. but it, but anyway, that's math. Okay. Um, but it's okay. But 30 minutes totally doable and mm-hmm. actually the the class in the dvd is is a 30 minute class and we we do all eight steps in yep. it my first grade had 45 minutes and so that just allowed nice. us to do extensions extensions of things so we do usually two different form and expressions a singing game and a move it or two wow you know, that's awesome um or it just gave us extra time for other other things yeah i like having two times 25 minutes but sometimes with first steps i kind of to me, 40 minutes would be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could do 40 minutes twice a week, <laughs> that would be yeah. like the and dream. I, and I will say just with classroom management, you know, when you have those wonderful classes that run really smoothly, of course, it's easier to get all through sure, eight steps. Sure. And if you have challenging yeah. classes, Screamer, that, that does make a difference. But um, Getting stabbed with pencils, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, that could slow things down. Slow yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I really like that you're saying that. I think... Um, part of me, and I don't know if you've ever had this struggle, but you know, it's kind of like, what would John do versus what I'm going to do in a, in an ideal world, I would go through all eight steps, do some extensions, Mm -hmm. you know, hear everybody, but I have, I'm dealing with 
25 minutes if they came on time yeah. and I'm getting them out, you know, on time. It can be tough. What I'll say too is um, I rarely do all of the eight steps in the order that they're listed mm-hmm. in the first steps manual. So I, like I said, I typically greet them at the door and do beat motions as they're entering the room. And then I do usually do vocal exploration, fragment song, simple song. Yeah, me too. Same. Because it's just easy to put yeah. them all and together. And they all fit. Um, like but then I usually want them to be moving. And so mm-hmm. then maybe we'll do movement exploration and then we'll come back and sit and do it. So I, I always look at what I'm doing and then I order them in a way that makes sense logistically in my brain again sure. to make the transitions yeah. smoother. So, yeah. um, and I find it helps with management if they're getting up and moving a little mm-hmm. bit and then sitting back down. So they're not like I would never expect kindergarten to sit for 20 minutes. They right, just right, can't, right, they can't right. do that. So, yeah. And I think that's so cool that you're saying that because what I think what's important to keep in mind is it's a workout, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's based on a workout. And so if you just think not every single, you know, aerobics workout, you know, that are so prevalent, yeah. um, <laughs> goes exactly the same way every time. Right. But generally speaking, you warm up and then you cool down. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you understand the curve of the class. And so if you're doing something like a finger play that's way more active and you want to be up and moving, uh, so teachers cut yourselves a little slack, Mm -hmm. you know, and make sure the number one thing is, to me, I always think of first steps as remediation for poor home music environment. So it's kind of like anything I'm doing, is growing something in their brain. So I don't want to be so uptight that I'm like, did I do one? Did I do two? The things that I'm uptight about are, did I do pitch exploration and then ask them to sing because we've engaged those lengthening muscles. Those, that fragment singing has to follow that. Otherwise, you can just kind of shift Mm -hmm. it around. So I hope the teachers who are listening can kind of breathe a sigh of like, okay, and for the people who are like me in the beginning, at least, you can follow all eight steps if you're yeah. able to do it. And the only other thing I'll say for people that are starting out on first steps, you know, developing routines are really helpful. So I always had the same microphone, for example, that I use for fragment songs. And so okay. kids just knew, oh, she's taking yeah, out the microphone. Cue. This is what's happening. And so there are just certain things that I didn't have to give directions and explain them because they just... They just knew. Mm. They knew when I sat in my rocking chair that it was time for a song tale. And so they would just gather around the chair and get ready to listen. So yeah. there were there were certain things that I didn't have to take the time right, to, to explain. Say, now we're going to go over here because I'm going to sing so, a story to you. Right. And they're like, yes, we know. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the workout got familiar to them. And so that also makes it easier to. Right. Which is akin to John's analogy about the about an aerobics workout right where you know maybe if you've never been to one you're like what is happening you know why is it getting so hard but after a while you're like i know that after this part usually this part oh now she's getting down on the mat yeah yay it's like the cool down the other thing that's um popping into my head in this moment is i very rarely teach all new things Right, you know, unless and it's the first day of school, yeah, right? The, so, the only ones are the first ones. Like. Right. So let's say you, you, it's the third time you've done this fragment song. So, I mean, that's easy. That's not going to take much time. But then you're teaching the directions for a new game today. So that can also save save time, too. Yeah. All right. Those are really helpful Thank you. tips and hacks, as the, <laughs> we young people call them. <laughs> you and I, the two millennials. <laughs> I'm kind of a hipster, Lindsay. I don't know if you've picked up on that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so 
Now, um, the last thing I'm going to ask you about, you know, from my official questions is the thing that uh, scares the most people, <laughs> but you're one of those people like, this is like, get your inner Lindsay, right? <laughs> I was a scared person yeah. with Arioso mm-hmm. and I'm sure we've talked about this and you certainly heard me say it. You know, my theory is we are the ones with the baggage. The mm-hmm. kids are not. Yeah. And so whether um, I've talked to dozens and dozens of teachers who are like either uh, like me, I have a voice problem, so it makes me tense. Or um, I was an instrumental person and I'm a terrible singer or I don't think of myself as a singer or I even voice majors. We never did improvisation. It, everybody just has this hang up that makes Ariosa this more, uh, for some people, uh, more nervous. But am I correct in assuming you are not one of those people? So let's hear from. Oh my goodness! I <laughs> let's mean, hear from a person who feels relatively comfortable with Arioso. <laughs> so yes. So I mean, I I was a vocalist, right? So I mean, music ed, but voice is my main instrument. Sure. So I feel completely comfortable singing with my children, but I also was not used to improvising. Yeah. yeah. So Arioso did intimidate me mm-hmm. in the beginning, okay. and I think um, what really helped me is understanding those those three steps to Arioso. So the first step is just neutral syllable and also using a corded instrument. So I love my guitar because it's easy for me to play. And so I'll just get like a one, one, five, one, 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 five, just do some type of a right. pattern um, because that helps me be able to kind of sink into something. And it doesn't have to be complicated. No, like it doesn't have to it be shouldn't be complicated. But like you're saying that, we were trained very visually, most of us as adults, and the children don't have that baggage. Yes. So it's so much easier for them. Right. So just, um, it is important to model, but then just let the children run with it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're they're not copying us. They're creating their own musical idea. Right. And you, um, wait, I'm sorry, I, I just want to, you said this to me before we started taping yeah. about, <laughs> wait till you hear this part. No, you were talking about how it's just, you were you, the prep part where you're singing directions and then oh yeah so, <laughs> that's um, what I said so so I love to come into a class and do the beginning of you know whenever I'm kind of prepping Arioso in kindergarten and um and I'll just sing all the directions and right. I'll just sing the whole class and the kids are always like what is going <laughs> on I'll just say oh I'm using my singing voice and like so and I just I'm kind of just direct with them like oh I'm using my singing voice sometimes I just like to sing yeah. my ideas and so let's try using our singing voices you know and then we just explore with it um and so I like to start with the hummingbird puppets because it's just a fun manipulative sure. and let's let let's hum with the puppets and um and then we just explore with with humming and it's just really simple and when we start um adding words later on when the kids are more comfortable like let's say you're taking jack be nimble jack be quick and right. you're adding a stage two to stage level two, two level two <laughs> leveling up we're taking familiar text that does not have a melody and we're creating a melody right giving them it. something to hang on to and that's when familiar it's words yeah and that's when it's really helpful to use a piano or a guitar or a auto harp or a ukulele or something right. to give them that harmonic context but I personally don't have an Isle of Arioso right. or you don't puppets. make it into a I thing. don't make it into a thing right but that's I'm just kind of a more like oh we're we're yeah. using our singing voices right. with it but that's so, what we were talking about I want to say this because first of all 
That's more like me. Some people have yeah. Pinterest classrooms. <laughs> and some people are me. Some people do not. Some people I have mean, big piles of paper on their desk. That's I, me. My classroom was always is like very neat. Yeah. But I don't love right. tons of glitzy yeah. things. Like that's and just that's okay. Me. I mean, I'm just that's, more real. I'm glad so. you're I'm glad you're saying that because there's no doubt there are people listening yeah. who are like sometimes I look on the Facebook page and I'm amazed at what people do and I'm not mocking it at all yeah i mean it's like parenting yeah like, look at that mom she's like she made like sand into a science experiment and i'm like mommy is sleeping go eat cheerios <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like i'm amazed at the teachers who are like i painted a mural and I hung you know led lights and the, no each child sings a special thing as they go through the and i'm like oh my gosh i'm like it's ariosa time <laughs> you know yeah. it's like or kingdom of saying so i like that you're saying it's simple because i think first of all it will help people hang on to the idea and then they can make it as fancy as they're able to or want to so on my board i love to just list what the songs and activities are because it helps me stay organized and then the the children i mean they not all kindergartners can read yet sure. what's written on the board, but the the kids that wow. want to know because maybe they're anxious yeah. or they just need to know, they can see. And so I I will literally write Arioso dash story cubes or Arioso right. de- so they know that Arioso means your moleskin. Um, my, my lesson plan in a moleskin your, notebook. Your lesson plan uh, app. <laughs> yeah, I yes. don't have a fancy planner. No. I just use a moleskin notebook. Um, but so, like, I just say, Arioso means we're we're creating our own songs and yeah. we're we're using our singing voices. And if we're using story cubes, for example, it's so much fun. They get to roll the dice and pick the pictures, and then, you know, let's say they pick a castle and a unicorn, and then they get to sing a story that's right. about a creed castle. What level what three? Kind of st- level three. What kind of story <laughs> is going to have a castle and a unicorn? And right. it's just we're we're singing our story, right? And that's just and for them, it's doing. just like. It's just a game. I've never seen a kid like, wait, what? I know. I, you mean, can I just sing it to Yankee Doodle? You know, it's like, what if I start on tonic and I don't end on tonic? You know, it's the grownups who are, yeah, like, I think I screwed them up. Like, did you sing with them? Did they sing? I mean, there are, so with the story cubes, for example, I, um, I will sometimes as my song tale for that day, I know it's not actually a song tale, but it's like modeling. I will let the kids pick four cubes and, and I will create a story, you know? So my, my stories, I mean, it's in the moment, you know, so you're just making something up. Um, that's great. And it's fun and you just have to not take yourself so seriously because were they perfect no were they metropolitan opera you know (laughs) worthy pieces of art no but the kids loved them and it was a great opportunity for me to model for them what one example would be yeah and they're Um, seeing everything they're seeing arioso they're seeing song tale yeah they're hearing vocal production because i would make the songs kind of extra like i'd make them longer and you know because i also don't want a kid the to do their arioso and have it be three words long there was right. a castle and unicorn the end it's like okay no like that's so i F. try to model lots of details sure because you want their yeah ideally their aria to be an aria be an aria yeah and know? i think it's funny i always love when i get to the point where i can't get the kids to stop yeah it's a great problem to have where i'm like mm-hmm. well okay you're going still you're going okay still, yeah. <laughs> so i think that was great i guess the only thing is um I, I taught for about 
five years before I discovered First Steps in Music. Okay. And incorporating First Steps just made my early childhood classes so much more fun for mm. me because the music was more engaging. Um, the children were more engaged and it just felt more, the repertoire felt more robust mm. than a lot of the kind of other stuff. Other stuff. Like, yeah. So the more simplistic, you know, early childhood right. songs. Um, so I feel really grateful because First Steps made my teaching more fun and uh the children always mm-hmm. loved music but it just it feels more purposeful and sure. I and I and I know I'm building neurofiber and yeah. then um I also saw them more successful with literacy as they got older yeah when that's they had the first great, steps background yeah which is which is fantastic yeah and it's such a bonus um in the presentation today I was talking about What's so great once you see this whole progression is, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in conversational solfege and the, you know, step one readiness is teach them some songs, you know, mm-hmm. some repertoire. And it's great to be like, remember when we learned closet key? Guess what? I don't have to teach it to you again. Just right. a little brush off, you yeah. know, and I'm going to, you know, Although brush it. still want to play it. Well, no, no, but that's great, <laughs> but you don't have to teach it to them yeah. again. And so it's awesome to see just kind of the, extra the fringe benefits that are coming from this but I agree with you when I uh, came from a pretty big MLT background Mm -hmm. and I I kind of was looking for a way to bridge this theory that was so powerful Mm -hmm. and logical to me with something that was um, practical and engaging Mm -hmm. and it was I thought it was impossible like finding the perfect boyfriend or the perfect, you know, it's like, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I saw first steps and I kind of thought at first, I'm like, this is too good to be true, you know? And I'm like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And what it's like, wait, there's research, wait. And then it's like, it's, it is, it is, it is true. And it is good. Because I come from a, from a more traditional Kodai background and there's only so many, so me, Tati, do things you can do before it's like it's just kind of maddening sure sure. and um and and it just seems so simple and so and and there it is simple and when you're starting to teach literacy you want you know do do you want quarter note eighth note things because it's the easiest to read but but it's so much more exciting in kindergarten to be Mm -hmm. doing more complicated songs and they're they're ready for it yeah well i think that's great I'm glad that you were willing to talk to me today. Oh, you're welcome. This is, We've this been is talking all day. I know. <laughs> Don't you wish that we were taping this whole entire conversation <laughs> since this morning here at OMEA, now in Kentucky? <laughs> um, thank you for being willing. Well, thank you for the invitation. Of course. And I hope to see you at, oh, I mean, I know I'm going to see you. Yeah. At the Fame Conference in Philadelphia. I know. Fame-adelphia. Fame-adelphia. <laughs> I'm really excited. Yeah. I love Philadelphia. Um, it's a great city. Everyone should plan to come to the conference. Mm-hmm. And you'll be there so you can meet Lindsay. I will totally be there. I'll be there sleeping on a couch so you can <laughs> maybe tap me as you walk by. <laughs> and thank you for being with us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. One thing I really appreciate about Lindsay is how easygoing and confident she is. And she's so musical. Her students are really lucky to have her. 
and at FAME, we're lucky that she's such a big part of our organization. I really liked hearing her talk about how Arioso is just a natural part of her First Steps classroom, and I'll steal a few tips from her on that. I'm still waiting for questions to answer for the Ask Me Anything segment, so as always, please feel free to send them to me by emailing the show at tunefulbeatfulartfulpodcast at gmail.com or by posting it on our Facebook page at the Tuneful Beatful Artful Music Teacher or on Instagram at the Tuneful Beatful Artful Teacher. Thank you to the Fire Abend Association for Music Education, who is wonderful enough to make this podcast possible with their support. Please visit fireabbamusic.org for more information on how you can take advantage of the many resources available for members of FAME. And to learn more about Dr. Fireabbin and his programs and resources, besides that website, you can visit giamusic.com slash and our Fireabbin Fundamentals page on Facebook, where teachers talk every day about what it means to teach music. Please note that registration for the dozens of FAME certification courses for this summer is getting into full swing. So check out that website, check out the Facebook page, and see what things are coming to you. Before I go, I want to send out a very special thank you to our FAME Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee for the hard work they just completed on the newly released proposed criteria and committee recommendations. I want to strongly encourage you to check out the document, which is our statement on how to best approach the choice of repertoire in your elementary classrooms. You can read it on the FAME website or find it pinned on our Fire Robin Fundamentals page on Facebook. It's an important document, and we hope that our conversation about uh, diversity and, and equity and racism in the repertoire can go on so we can all grow and learn and most importantly so we can serve our students and teach them to do the right thing thank you so much for spending a few minutes here with me and i hope it was encouraging thought-provoking and helpful please tune in for our next episode and until then keep doing all you can to create a more tuneful beatful artful world 